0: Welcome to Purdue Commercial AgCast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. I'm your host, James Minnert, director of the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture. And joining me today is my colleague, Dr. Michael Langemeyer, who's associate director of the center. We're going to review the results from the December Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer Survey of farmers from across the nation. Each month, we survey 400 farmers across the U.S. to learn more about their perspective on the ag economy. This month's Ag Barometer Survey was conducted from the 5th through the 9th of December. And for the first time in a while, the Ag Economy Barometer actually rose this month. It rose 24 points to a reading of 126. That's up from 102 last month. And actually puts the barometer one point ahead of where it was this time last year. If you compare it to where we were at the end of 2020 and early 2021, we're still well below that level. That level was above 175. So... Uh, Still significantly weaker than in that time frame, but certainly uh, the biggest improvement we've seen in quite some time. And if you look at the index of current conditions, the index of future expectations, they were both up this month. Current conditions was up 37 points versus last month. That was the biggest driver of the change in the barometer. That leaves that index about 7% below where it was in December 2021. And the future expectation index rose up, uh, I think, 18 points compared to last month, and that index is now actually a little bit higher than it was in December of 2021, uh, about seven percent higher. Michael, we always debate this when we collect data: what we're going to see. And I have to say, I'm not surprised the barometer increased a little, but I am surprised it increased as much as it did.
1: Yeah, two things that two things that surprised me. First, the increase was larger than I thought it thought it would be. Uh, but in particular the index of future expectations increased more than i, th- than I thought it would you really when you're talking about index of future expectations you're looking at questions that talk about 5 years out that really hasn't changed all that much when you look at the index of current conditions i think part of what's going on here is people are at the end of the year they're looking at they're looking at tax strategies to try to mitigate mitigate taxes putting some of their financials together and say aha this year looks like it was pretty good a little better than i thought it was going to be I think that's part of what's going on here, and why we saw the bump in December.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. If you think about when we collected data in November versus when we collected data in December, that's exactly when people start visiting with their CPAs to review their tax strategy and and where they're at with respect to taxable farm income. And a number of people realized their taxable farm income was up compared to the prior year. Um, and they hadn't really made that computation previously. I think previously in our survey, you can tell from all the surveys we've been doing throughout the year, what people have been focused on so heavily is on this dramatic rise in input cost. And I think perhaps in a lot of people's minds, that was dragging down their income projections, their financial uh, condition perspective. And then when they're faced with reality, it's like, okay, now I understand a little bit Uh, we we were able to sell crops and and livestock at substantially better prices than maybe i thought and profitability was better than i thought and and this is showing up in our in our survey here in december
1: yeah i think that that's correct and and particularly in the revenue side uh, just to belabor that a little bit you know the revenue side you're really looking at what were prices in this fall uh, when you're starting to sell some of that uh, uh, that 22 crop but also yields Uh, you know you, you 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 you, you finally know exactly what your corn and soybean did uh, in, in 22, and you get a little better feel for what the revenue looks like.
0: And, and in that context, it's always useful to remember that our survey, because of the value of farm production for corn and soybeans, is weighted uh, towards those two enterprises. Uh, so, for example, I, some, some wheat producers that might be listening to this or some people, you know, agribusiness firms in, in the Great Plains, a little different scenario in some places where yields got hammered, but in a big chunk of the Corn Belt, yields were actually pretty good, and that's being reflected as well. The Farm Financial Performance Index, to kind of, you know, belabor this a little bit, I guess, uh, did improve substantially. I mean, just kind of confirms why that barometer was going up so much. Uh, index this month, 109. That's up 18 points compared to 91. The interesting thing about that to me, Michael, was that was the first time this year that index was above 100. And that's kind of the, the level uh, playing field kind of thing with respect to that index above and below 100. Uh, we haven't been above 100 since the tail end of 21.
1: Yeah, and that was a little surprising too. That it, you know, it, it reads 109. That's quite a bit. Uh, that's quite a bit above 100. And so that was a little surprising. But then, uh, having said that, uh, U.S. net farm income uh, uh, was was uh, forecast was updated in early December. That was really strong. Uh, and so, t- and t- so 22 uh, was was just as good, if not slightly better, in terms of U.S. Not net farm income in 21. And so it's certainly consistent with that with that report. So we did do a, a new question this month um, anticipating
0: that there might be a change in opinion between farmers' perspective on 22 income versus 21 income and what they think is going to happen in 23. And, and lo and behold, um, that's exactly what this index showed. So we asked the same question that we used for the Farm Financial Performance Index, except we asked producers to look ahead to 23 and compare that to 22. And we did that and computed the kind of a one month index. That index value came in at 91. So 18 points lower than what people were saying when they compared 2022 to 2021. Um, And I guess from my perspective, that makes perfect sense. That's consistent with our own projections for what's likely to take place in twenty three.
1: Yes, and I think that that's also going to help us understand when we change years. Uh, you're going to be able to understand what's really going on with the fu- uh, financial performance index as we move into January and February. So I'm, I'm really glad we asked that question.
0: Yeah, it's it's probably one we need to think about asking every, every year in the fall, maybe for a couple of months to get a little better grip on people's perspective there. Uh, we continue to ask the question about looking ahead to next year. What are your biggest concerns for your farming operation? And, you know, Michael, these results really haven't changed very much for quite some time. Um, People continue to tell us higher input costs are their biggest concern. I think it was 45 percent of the people in this month's survey. Rising interest rates was number two on the list at 22 percent. Availability of inputs was uh, third at uh, well, actually kind of tied really between availability of inputs and lower crop and livestock prices. I think lower crop and livestock was 13 percent of the respondents availability of inputs was 12%. So that's basically a tie. Uh, That's pretty much what they've been telling us all along. There's been a little bit of change there. If you compare the very first time we asked these questions back in July versus the last couple of months, Uh, people are a little more focused, it appears, on interest rates than they were earlier in the year. Uh, The percentage focused on higher input costs really hasn't deviated i think whereas one month that was maybe what august that was uh, over half of the people in the survey said that was their number one concern the other months it's it's been consistent between 42 and 45% availability of inputs continues to hang in there as a as a concern going ahead and I, you know when i look at that one michael i'm not sure how to interpret that i suspect part of that is just memory with respect to we had trouble last winter, and maybe to some extent last spring, and people are, that's still on their mind. As we visit with people individually about what's taking place right now, we're not hearing any stories about availability of inputs really being a a serious concern, right?
1: No, I'm not hearing hearing much about that. I think as we proceed with this question, I I really think that both lower crop and livestock prices and rising interest rates will become relatively more important. Uh, And I don't think that's going to necessarily overtake higher input costs because I think that's on people's minds. But I I do think those are going to become more important uh, as we move into 23 because when you look at uh, when you look at crop crop prices in particular, they're lower. The projected prices are lower uh, for late 23 than. are right now and people are going to start picking up on that uh, when they start making some uh, thinking about marketing strategies. And you know Michael we just did a
0: a session here recently where
1: we looked at uh, break-even projections
0: coming off a west central Indiana case farm that you've been managing or developing I guess for the last uh, you've got simulated returns now for 15 years and your projections for break-evens and these are full cost, obviously, so you're, you're inputting market values on all the owned resources, and that's always important to remember that. But when you look at those break-evens and look at deferred futures prices adjusted for basis, they're below the break-evens. Yeah, it's, it's not a pretty picture. It's certainly much different than what we saw in 21 and 22. Yeah, so I think I agree with you. I think as we head into the new year and people start looking at that maybe more carefully, that'll probably become a little more important factor. The Farm Capital Investment Index improved this month to a reading of 40. That's up from 31. Keep in mind, 31 was a record low. That was a tie for the record low last month. So it's up nine points. That still leaves it, though, I think 18% below where it was in December of 21. Um, And then again, if you go back to late 2020, early 2021, that index was all the way up at 93. So still a relatively weak capital investment index. But again, I think We've kind of learned here in 2022 that this index is really kind of measuring whether or not people think this is a good time from the standpoint of can I get a, get a good deal. And people are telling us overwhelmingly that their big concern here is the high prices for farm machinery and buildings. And that leads them to say it's not a good time to make these investments, which is not the same as saying that they won't make the investments, because I think we're seeing evidence that they are. In fact, if you look at Machinery sales here, tractor sales, they've been strong again here in the fourth quarter. So um, what's your take?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And uh, I I think uh, rising interest rates is also perhaps impacting uh, that that index.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think we'll kind of monitor that going forward because as we move through 23, that rising interest rate factor has got to have a bigger impact. Speaking of higher interest rates, Let's talk about farmland values. Short-term farmland value expectation index was down this month five points to 124, down from 129. Um, That leaves that index about 19% below where it was this time last year. The long-term index also down four points. That leaves it down about 8% compared to a year ago. And maybe the interesting thing to me on this one, Michael, is to look at the raw data underneath the index so that t- short-term index is based on a question that says, what are your farmland price expectations 12 months ahead? And when I look at those raw responses, a year ago, only 6% of the people in the survey said they expected to see lower farmland values in the upcoming year. This month, it was 15%. And when you look at that on a chart, it's a clear uptrend. And it's not enough to, to make that index move into negative territory, but it has definitely pulled that index down. And at the same time, if you look at the percentage of people saying they expect to see higher farmland prices, that's come down from 59% a year ago to just 39%. I really think we're picking up a change in sentiment here in spite of the fact that every time I look on the web, I see a new report indicating that farmland auction somewhere in the Corn Belt set
1: a new record high. I think some people are like me. They're starting to question whether this can continue. And the reason why I say that, when you look at the factors that are impacting farmland values and you look at early 21 all the way through Probably at least the first half of 22, maybe a little further uh, into 22. All of those factors were very positive. We had we had strong cash flow. We had low interest rates. We had strong demand outside agriculture. Uh, looking at uh, farmland as an alternative in, uh, alternative investment, we had we have inflation. We had uh, you know a farm policy that was at least it wasn't unfavorable. Uh, at least you had good liquidity, and so there was a lot of a lot of positives and and helping explain why farmland prices increased so much. That's really Switched here uh, in the last few months. You look at net return uh, uh, prospects for 23; they're not as good, and so certainly that's changed. Interest rates have increased over four uh, percent so far this year. If you look at Fed funds rate uh, and and the prime prime interest rate, and so and and we're not and that's probably not over. And so you're starting to look at some headwinds. Uh, you're starting to look at a couple things that are that are not so positive for farmland. And I think I think we're picking it up in this survey. Uh, you know, 15 percent of the people think that think. That farmland prices prices are going to decline. Like you said, that was six percent last year. If you go back about fifteen months, that was like three uh, percent. And so this is this is definitely a, a a trend towards more of a negative attitude towards farmland.
0: Yeah. So when we visit with uh, producers and auctioneers, talking to them about what's taking place at these farmland auctions, we continue to hear the same story, which is that a high percentage of the sales are being made. Uh, to cash buyers, they're not—they're not stepping out and having to borrow. So these are people that have tremendous liquidity, um, extremely strong working capital positions. In the case of, of farmers, um, and that's still the majority of the buyers. Uh, in the case of investors, you know, poor alternative investments, at least from their perspective. So, at some point, that liquidity is going to dry up, don't you think?
1: Yes, and we we saw something similar back in the the, the 12 13 14 period uh, we were hearing some of the same thing back there that we well, people are paying cash cash for land we, we obviously had uh, some very strong uh, uh, price increases uh, all the way up to about 13 or 13 or 14 depending on the state you look at uh, and then that changed uh, the liquidity turned from being very positive to being not so good and liquidity became a negative factor and so that's something to look for here uh, you know how much of the liquidity uh, that, that we've seen that that we've uh, increased in the last year or two is being used to buy assets. Yeah, and I think
0: as we look ahead, at some point, if the Fed really pursues the policy that they've indicated, which is to continue to ratchet up rates at least for a while in 2023, Um it's going to be reflected in these asset values eventually, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And 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 think about what the Fed's trying to do. The Fed's trying to uh, to to lower inflation. If they're successful in lowering inflation, interest rates are not going to go down tomorrow. Uh, interest rates are going to stay. Uh, in my mind, they're going to stay quite a bit higher than what they were uh, during that 14 to 19 period, uh, and or last 10 years for that matter. Uh, and, and so I think th- there there's some there's some negative factors imp- going to impact the farmland uh, market for. Se- the next several years. So you
0: took a look recently at uh, what operating interest rates for farm operating roads loans might be here, for example, in, in early 23. You might share those.
1: Yeah, it depends on it depends on the markup, of course, how big the markup is, uh, you know, Fed funds to primary and then primary to the <laughs> to the agriculture operating rates. But I, I would not be surprised. in in, in 23, we don't see nine and a half, ten 10 percent operating rates. Yeah, as we move
0: through the course of the year, Probably not in the first quarter of 23, but by the fourth quarter of 23, if the Fed's projections are in the ballpark uh, and they continue to pursue the policy, um, yeah, certainly over 9% seems very, very possible. All right. So we asked this month a question that we've asked periodically uh, here in 2022, which is what are your expectations for cash rents in your area? This question was only posed to crop producers, so it's just focused on... Uh, the crop producers in our survey, which is a majority of the the respondents. But um, going back to June, I think 52% said they expected to see higher cash rents in 23 versus 22. That moderated over the summer. In July and August, it dropped back to 42 and 41%. And here in December came in the same, 41%. 57% said about the same, no change in those cash rental rates. And we've always got a couple of people in the survey who think cash flow rates are going to go down. I, I don't see much likelihood of that. But um, is that consistent with what you're picking up elsewhere as you have visited with farmers and done some, some meetings this fall?
1: Yes, it's consistent with that, but it's also consistent with the idea that, that uh, uh, cash rents in, in, in 23, for example, are highly correlated with what net returns uh, were like in 22. There seems to be a one-year lag uh, between cash rents and net return to land, and so it's not surprising, given that 22 uh, net returns were pretty good, uh, to see that bid, uh, bid into uh, 23 cash rents. Uh, what we need to look for here moving forward is if 23 net returns are lower, what's going happen to 24 cash rent. And so I I think if we are going to see an adjustment, uh, the adjustment's going to occur in 24 rather than 23.
0: Yeah, so I think in your budgets, you're assuming a cash rental rate uh, increase, for example, west central Indiana of about 5%. Is that right?
1: Yes, I was about about what the inflation rate's expected to be.
0: And if you look ahead to uh, 24, is that soon enough that you might see uh, if if the margins really tighten up in 23 as we suggested? Uh, based on on the analysis you've done, and you've looked at cash rents going all the way back to what? I think 1960. Yes,
1: um, is that going to hit in 24? Will it hit that quickly or not? If inflation is 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 Tampered down a little bit. I think you'll definitely see uh, either a zero percent or a slight decline uh, in cash rents in 24. Uh, I, I've had that caveat—a uh, caveat that inflation's tampered down. If inflation is still five percent, then even a, even a no change uh, in real terms is a decline. Uh, and, and so I, th- I think we're definitely looking at a uh, looking at a 24 cash rent that's flat to slightly down. That would be my best projection to date. All right, we're going to write that one
0: down. All right, there you go. <laughs> Um that's always a tough one to forecast that and, far and in the future. Part of
1: the reason it's so tough, as we talked about, we've been talking about that in our other webinars, is there's such a wide expectation regarding prices. Uh, you, know, you, you can paint a scenario where prices could stay up where they currently are. That's not an extremely likely scenario, but it's not zero either. And, so, and that's why it's so difficult to talk about what's going to happen to cash rent and land values. It's such a moving target.
0: And it's also one of the reasons why cash rent rates tend to tend to yes. lag, and there's a kind of a smoothing effect yes. relative to the economic returns. Yeah, on returns can
1: drop a long ways, and you only have a small impact on cash rents.
0: And vice versa, they tend to lag yes. on the upside as well. People forget about that sometimes. Well, that wraps up our discussion for today. And for more details about the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer, go to our website, purdue.edu slash agbarometer. The next Ag Economy Barometer will be released on Tuesday, February 7th. So I encourage you to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And on behalf of my colleague, Michael Langemeyer and the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture, I'm James Mitter. Thanks for listening.